August 15, 2023, we're Masechet Aleph at the very bottom, the first word of the Gemara, which is the last word on the page. The Gemara says, Matnitin, which means our Mishnah, Delo Kirbidosa. Now, if you recall, what the Mishnah had been talking about and described to us was the Halakot with regards to to Tehum Shabbat. If a person has, well, themselves on Shabbat, they can't walk, and Yom Tov, they can't walk more than 2,000 Amah outside of the border of the dwelling space of the city where they live. Um, however, if they were to place what's called an Eruv Tehumin in one of the directions, that would effectively extend their distance in that direction. So if uh, they went 2,000 Amah to the um, southern side, outside of the southern side of the city, and they placed the uh, amount for two meals uh, over the course of Shabbat or Yom Tov in that place, they effectively stated that that's their dwelling place, and in turn, maybe we said the north, right? So maybe now to the south, they can't carry, they can't walk at all outside of the city, but they have an extra 2,000 amah in the northern direction, so they could go from the city, 4,000 amah in the direction of the north, they cut off their south, uh, they did it alternatively, a thousand ama outside, and so now they extended themselves a thousand ama, it means to the south, they now uh, abridged the amount they could uh, walk, they only have a thousand ama, and they have three thousand in the northern direction. That's the type of halachot you talk about when you address Tehum Shabbat. Now, what about if um, I have my property? Does my property have the same status as myself? So you say, what's the difference? You're holding your property. No, what if I hand over my animal, I hand over one of my utensils or some food of mine or clothing or whatever it may be to another person? Can that other person bring it or allow for it to go outside of the area where I would be able to walk on Shabbat or Yom Tov? So now, if it's 2,000 Amman, there's no Eruv, and I didn't place any of those meals. So then, of course, the halakha, or neither, neither did the person who picked it up. Okay, so then the halakha is going to be identical to me. There's no question. But what if, for argument's sake, I planned on going northern in the northern direction. I placed my eruv tehumin over there, which means that to the southern direction, I can't move at all outside of the dwelling space. And now I hand it to this person. They have a family member or whatever it is. They want to take a walk to the southern direction. What's the halakha for them? What we read in the Mishnah is that it's kiragleha be'alim, which means to say the feet of the owners, quite literally, is what defines the status in turn of uh, the item which is handed to another person. So if it's my animal, if it's my clothing, it has the status of myself. You can't in turn bring it in the other direction. It would need to be only in directions where I could walk myself. Says the Gemara, matnitin delo kiribidosa. That point exactly, that, and we talked about it explicitly in our Mishnah, if I were to hand my animal over to a ro'eh, to a shepherd, the words in the Mishnah were or, and Eli picked up on this yesterday, or to my son, to look over the animal, it's ker'agleha be'alim, it goes based on myself, where I would be able to walk, as opposed to where the shepherd or my son would be able to walk. So as the Gemara, that point seems to contradict the opinion of Rabbi Dosa. What's the opinion of Rabbi Dosa? Detanya, as the Beraita presented the opinion of Rabbi Dosa, Rabbi Dosa Omer, ve'amre la Abba Sha'ul Omer. There's two versions as to who exactly said it. We maintain Rabbi Dosa, but it may have been a rabbi whose name was Abba Sha'ul. Halokeh behema mechavero me'erev yom tov. If a person received an animal from his friend on erev yom tov, afal pi shelo mesara lo ela be yom tov, 
even though he actually only handed it over on Yom Tov, and that was another point we made in Amishnah, which we should quickly repeat, it depends when you handed the item to your friend. If you handed it before Yom Tov, we say that he made a partial kinyan on it to the extent that it's based on him. He's the partial owner and he is the primary owner in this respect for the holiday. If you handed it to him on Yom Tov, we talked at the end of the Mishnah, you might remember, uh, giving the spices, the uh, salt or the water to, to, to the neighbor in that circumstance, on Yom Tov, well, then it goes by the rightful initial owner entering into Yom Tov. Says Rabbi Dosa or Abba Shaul, even though you only gave it on Yom Tov, it goes based on the person who's now holding on to it, which would effectively mean that if I handed my animal to the ro'e, to the shepherd, he could bring it in whatever direction is appropriate for himself to be walking, irrespective of my directions. You're only allowed to do one eruv. I mean, if you'd be able to do more than one Eruv, you yeah, extend yourself entirely. Because again, keep in mind what the Eruv is, is kind of demonstrating. What it's demonstrating by putting those two meals there is even if I'm not literally and physically sleeping and, and spending my time there, that is my dwelling place. So you can't say my dwelling place is there and there and there and there. You're saying it in one direction. And explicitly concludes Rabbi Dosa, if you handed your animal over to a shepherd, even though you only handed it over on Yom Tov, that's determined the status of where that animal can go by the by the person who's holding on to and uh, entrusted with caring the animal at this point, uh, it's his status. Well, that's, again, it sounds like blatantly opposed to our Mishnah. Suggests the Gemara, maybe we can square even this opinion with our Mishnah. Why does the Gemara want to do that? That's what the Chachamim often wanted to do. When you could minimize Mahloket, what's that? It seems like opposite opinions. Seems like diametrically opposed. So you might say, Eli, you and I would say, ah, disagreement, rabbis disagree, we know that, we're used to that. The Gemara's general direction is, if we could find an angle, even if it's twisting a little bit, to say that there's a consistency between these two opinions, we're going to go for it. Instead of suggesting that it's a mahloket, we'd like to say that the tradition is more uniform than not. Again, you read Gemara, you study Mishnayot, you're well aware uh, we don't end up this way very often, but the Gemara will suggest it here, and the Gemara will really end with it over here, that, uh, that Rabbi Dosa, who sounds like the opposite approach, who seems to be saying the person who received the animal is now the primary uh, owner, so to speak, with regards to tahum. Purchaser, lokeh, indeed, as opposed to the Mishnah, the initial owner or the uh, seller is what you want to call it, right? Afilu temar bidosa, says the Gemara, you could suggest our Mishnah follows even the opinion of bidosa, velakashya, and there's no contradiction, kan biro'e ehad, kan bishne ro'im, suggests the Gemara fascinatingly, the Mishnah may have been talking about a different reality than Rabbi Dosa. Fundamentally, they agree. They're talking about two different situations. 
How so? Well, imagine the city has their single ro'eh. If you need your dog, it's a dog walker. Over here, it's, I guess, an ox walker or something like that, right? You have a dog walker. There is, let's say, in Allenhurst, in Brooklyn, New York, one dog walker. Everybody knows, entering into the holiday, entering into Shabbat, they will be handing over their animal to the, capital T, dog walker, D-W, capital as well. No, there is the dog walker. Well, that being the case, even though I didn't hand over the animal before Shabbat, before the holiday, it's clear to myself, it's clear really to all, that this animal is and will be entrusted to that guy. I didn't physically hand it over, but that's who's going to be handling my animal on the holiday. That's the Bidosa situation. The Bidosa is talking about where there's one ro'eh, there's one shepherd who handles the animals of the people in the city and the town. As a result, even though I only handed it to him on Shabbat, on Yom Tov, he is considered the primary person with regards to this animal, and it goes by, quote, his feet. That's in contrast to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is talking about where there's more than one. We call it two, but it could be 10, it could be 100. There's more than one dog walker, and as a result, the fact that I didn't hand over the animal physically before the holiday to this guy, and only did it on the holiday, well, who said you were gonna give it to him? Maybe you're gonna give it to someone else. Yes, agreed. Jeffrey says, listen, one doesn't need to be as literal as we're making it. It could be there's one that is your dog walker. Agreed. When the Gemara says this, it's, you know, it's speaking more simply, I, I assume, in that respect, but no question. If it's very clear from your actions in the past, or you even have the guy employed in this respect, and he is your only person, your exclusive uh, dog walker, I, I um, am certain that would be the halakha. So that's what the Gemara says, and it concludes with this. It says, Dikaname, you could deduce this from the words of the Mishnah as well. Name means as well. Dekatane, because we taught in the Mishnah, quote, Libno Oleroe, Shema Mina. What does that mean? Well, if you recall, again, Eli called attention to this yesterday. The Mishnah didn't just say, you handed, if you handed your animal over to the shepherd. It said to the shepherd or to your son. Why that double mention? Ultimately speaking, it was only teaching the law of if you handed your animal to another person. So just say to the shepherd, or just say to your son. Why did it say to your shepherd or to your son? Ah, says the Gemara, I'll tell you what you can deduce from that. You can deduce. Sometimes you would, I'm going to even use Jeffrey's words over here, sometimes you would, could and would give it to your son. Other times you could and would give it to the shepherd. Therefore, entering into the holiday, unless it was physically given over to one of those two, once he gave it on the holiday, even Rabbi Dosa would agree, it goes by the feet of the initial owner. That's uh, an interesting question. Uh, in other words, Eli says when it's a child who's somech al shohanaviv, let's do it more, even more, it's a child who's completely dependent upon their father and their parents' household, uh, I'd imagine you're correct. In such a circumstance, they are the extension of the parent. Uh, they're not an independent entity. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you, and, and, I, and I believe the halakha would be in turn as well with regards to the tehum shabbat. That's really what you're arguing. If the eruf tehumim was left there, it's for the whole household, including the child, uh, the, the, the son of the, of the parent. Uh, says the Gemara in its concluding statements with regards to this, Amara halakha the halakha accords with the opinion of Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Dosa, just using the halakhic terminology now, is Kiragle Lokeach. Right? Lokeach, the person who got it. 
אף על פי שלא מסרם אלא ביום טוב, even though you only handed it over on יום טוב. Those are the words of רבי דוסה. So as the Gemara אומי אמר רבי יוחנן הכי, is it possible that רבי יוחנן actually said הלכה is like רבי דוסה? ואמר רבי יוחנן הלכה כסתם משנה, is in the general principle of רבי יוחנן, that when the משנה is what's called the סתם משנה, when there's no opinion with regards to the name mentioned in the משנה, that's what we call סתם משנה, an anonymous משנה, a משנה that doesn't say, רבי אליעזר says, רבי אליעזר says, when the משנה just says, this is the הלכה, Rabbi Yochanan says, that's the halakha. Why so? Because when the Mishnayot were composed, purposefully names were injected, his understanding is to give you different opinions and then determine the halakha. But when they leave out the names, it's to say, this is the only opinion you should be considering. Well, that being the case, if our Mishnah disagrees with Rabbi Dosa, how could he be suggesting that the halakha is like Rabbi Dosa? Utnan ha-be'ema va-kelim And our Mishnah seems to contradict Rabbi Dosa. Wakens up, uh, the Gemara wakes up and says, didn't we already explain this to you? Rabbi Dosa doesn't disagree with our Mishnah, right? In other words, it's a funny back and forth over here in context of what we just discussed, right? Again, we just discussed, we began the Gemara and we said the Mishnah doesn't accord with the opinion of Rabbi Dosa. And we said, no, it even goes like Rabbi Dosa. And then Rabbi Yochanan says, Halakha is like Rabbi Dosa. Says the Gemara, but how does he go against the Mishnah? The Mishnah should be the Halakha. Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, didn't we already establish? Our Mishnah is talking about where there's two people you can hand it over to. Uh, Rabbi Dosa was talking about where there's one, there's no contradiction, and in turn, Rabbi Yochanan is not contradicting our Mishnah with regards to halakha, he's only complementing it, he's only supplementing by explaining it with Rabbi Dosa as well. All right, that's what we have thus far in the Gemara. What did we effectively do? We introduced an extra detail by means of Rabbi Dosa that it's really dependent not only on the mechanical handing over to the other individual, it has everything and anything to do with the mindset of the person hand, uh, entering into the day. If they do have a primary hander over to, that's going to establish it as his feet, as opposed to your feet, because everybody knows, including yourself and that person, that he'll be handling your item on the holiday on Shabbat. Tanur Rabbanan, the Gemara continues as a beraita. We have more halachot to deal with and deduce laws from them with regards to tehum Shabbat and Yom Tov. Shenaim shesha'alu haluk echad beshutafut. If there are two people who are borrowing a, a single cloak, a single shirt of some sort, and they are partners, uh, what do you mean they're partners? Well, we both borrowed it from uh, 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 Joshua, and uh, he gave it to us, and from Alan Malam, man of the world, he shared with us his uh, shirt, and uh, we determined that uh, we're going to uh, take off turns in this shirt, on uh, Yom Tov. I am going to, I say this is a beautiful shirt, I'm going to wear it at night, I'm entering into Yom Tov. Uh, you, you get it tomorrow, you can wear it to Knees. I don't know if I'm going to wake up for Knees, you got it for tomorrow. So effectively we're split on who's getting to use this on the holiday. What's the halakha going to be with regards to how far I can walk with it? I want to go to the party, the Bet Mishteh, the, the banquet, the meal that we're having on Yom Tov night, 2,000, excuse me, 3,000 amah to the south direction. Uh, but you say to me, but I wanted to go to the north and I set up my Eruv Tehumin in that direction or whatever the circumstance is. But again, we're sharing it. What's the halakha going to be? Says the Gemara, says the Beraita, 
I put my eruv to the north. And you, the other person, put it to the south. So as the Beraita, we get each of us stuck based on the circumstance of the other. It's only useless if we put it, each of us a full 2,000. Only if we put a full 2,000. If I put 1,000, you put 1,000, so each of us get to go, you know, we, we get, we, we, we're able to split in that respect. What's that? Interesting point. Says Jeffrey, why isn't the garment batil to the person? So why is this considered? Now, again, remember, Jeffrey, it's not per se about carrying. It's more about movement. I'm not carrying myself when I walk there. However, what you really are, I think, asking, and I do know that this is a debate, is why is the clothing not entirely, forget about carrying, entirely just a part of me? And if I'm allowed to go there, so then the garment is as well. You see clearly from the Gemara, for one reason or not, we're not considering it as such. I remember once seeing there's a debate in the Aharonim about this. What's that? Once it's on you, says Jeffrey, has... you know, that's, yeah, and, and I'll, I'll support his notion further. I'll say that in our Mishnah, if you recall, at the end of the Mishnah, we talked about water in the dough. We didn't say, we said once it's mixed in well enough, it's a part of it. You're not looking at it as something separate. Clothing, you'd imagine, is the same. On Shabbat, if there's no Eruv, you can wear your clothing out. So it became a part of me. So for some reason, fascinatingly, the Gemara doesn't, uh, doesn't associate it as such. And in turn, if we each went to the furthest extension of the Tehom in our direction, me to the north and you to the south. As Elijah said, It may not be, the shirt may not be moved from its place. Now, it doesn't mean that it can't be moved at all, but it means it can't be taken out of any of the dwelling area. It's stuck over there. Now, if we each put a thousand and a thousand, all right, so then we get stuck by the other person, but we don't get entirely stuck. I could still go outside of the city. Well, you put a thousand to the north, I could still go, maybe not, I can go... I can't go the full 3,000 out, uh, one more time, just to fully articulate this properly. If I put it a thousand dama, I put a thousand dama outside of, uh, outside of the city to the north. It means that from that, that moment, from that place on, there's an extra 2,000 dama, right? It means to the south, I have a thousand dama I could go out. You put, alternatively, to the south, a thousand amma out, which means that you got 3,000 in that direction and 1,000 in the other direction. Each of us now are somewhat bound because we have to respect the authority of the other. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't move it at all. We still get a thousand in each direction because keep in mind, by me putting it only a thousand to the northern direction, I got 3,000 to the north, but I still got a thousand to the south. By you doing the same thing in the other direction, well, you still have a thousand in the, in the direction that I had extended, which means to say, ultimately speaking, I'm not being clear about it, ultimately speaking, I have, this, I, have this, I have the circumference of the city, uh, of the dwelling place, and by putting it a thousand amma out, I'm establishing that as my dwelling place. I gave myself an extra 2,000 amma in that direction. The owner, the owner of the dominant has to do it. Each one of the people has done that. Now, by each of us doing that, we've done two things. We've extended our walking ability in that direction, and we've truncated our direction in the other direction. If a person borrowed two items, I took a hat and a spot from someone, 
because it's called out, and one guy did it, then he can. I, I, again, the, the point is each person is establishing their dwelling place. I'm I can't take you, can, you can't play with. It's not going to happen with somebody. Two different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to take into account exactly what, what their dwelling place situation is. Again, says the Gemara, you could find a situation where it doesn't entirely kill you, quote unquote, because if each of us put it only a thousand ama out, we each get a thousand in each direction. We don't get the three thousand in either direction. If if we put it the full two thousand, me to the north and you to the south, we've canceled each other out entirely. We each were trying for 4,000 amma in our direction, but we subtracted the full 2,000 in that direction, and if we need to take into account the other, neither one of us can move at all outside of the Eid. Okay, that's what we have in this uh, Beraita. Continues the Gemara, Itemar. Itemar is not from the Mishnah or Beraita any longer. It's from the Emoraim. Shenaim shelakehu havit ubehema beshutafut. We're not talking this time about a cloak, about a, a shirt, but rather one of the following two, and we're going to address each of them. A havit is a barrel, a behema is an animal. If we took a barrel or an animal, beshutafut, in a partnership, and each of us, of course, have a different tehum operation in place. You've done it to the north, I've done it to the south, as we've just and in the past discussed and addressed. What's the status of the havit and the behemah for us? Now, each of us are interested in eating from that animal. You're going to get half, and I'm going to get half. Each of us are interested in drinking from the barrel. You're going to get half, and I'm going to get half. How do we determine the reality with regards to this? Let me go a step further in terms of details. We're going to separate it on Yom Tov. So entering into Yom Tov, we're in partnership on this. When it comes to Yom Tov, I'm going to say, I'll take this half, and you take that half. Do you understand the circumstance? One Where's more time. Where's this animal slaughter? That's it. On Yom Tov. In the middle, in the city. But but listen to listen to listen to why it's complicated. Listen to fascinatingly complicated. Entering into the holiday, we own this animal Beshutafut. Slaughtering it on the holiday, Shutafut means partnership. Slaughtering it on the holiday means that you got that half, we determined that on the holiday, and I get this half, we determined that on the holiday. Well, can we, and we plan on eating it, and we will eat it on the holiday. Do we each now that we got our half? We're no longer in partnership. It's mine and it's yours. Can I now walk with this in that direction, you in that direction? Well, stop for a second. Entering into the holiday, that portion of the animal was duly owned. As a result, we'd say, I have to take into account your situation, you need to take into account my situation, each of us are going to stick each other in, in place. Alternatively, the fact that we separated, listen to the words carefully, maybe means that retroactively, looking back in time, entering into the holiday, this portion was mine, that portion was yours. I'm going back in time and saying, as we entered into the holiday, this barrel, this animal, were duly owned, but in that moment I wasn't able to point to the limbs which were mine, the particles of wine which were mine, but now that we separated, I'll go back in time and say, that was mine and that was yours. We had intention to do so. This, uh, this addresses the following concept. The Gemara will say it explicitly in a moment. It's what's called yesh berera or en berera. The word livror, like the Melachan Shabbat, means to separate, borer. But again, the concept of berera means do we envision that once I separated retroactively, this was always the reality. 
everything we're going to address now in the ensuing lines is dependent upon that thought and that notion. Do we retroactively, back in time, envision it as if it was mine and yours, uh, respectively? Says the Gemara, Rav Amar Havit Muteret Ubehema Asura. Inexplicably, Rav separates. He says, when it comes to the wine, each of us can now enjoy the wine in whatever direction we want to go based on our own feet. When it comes to the animal, not that the animal is prohibited for consumption per se, but his words are asura. What does it mean that it's asura? Says Rashi, asura It's not that I can't eat from it, it's that I can't bring it to any place other than a place which we are both allowed to go to, right? Asura and muter is not about whether you're allowed to eat it or not, right, Eli? If it was in the middle of the city, we could both be eating from it, no question. It's a question of where I can carry it to. Rav distinguishes. What's the difference between a barrel of wine any, and a... Any part of the wine is the same? Say it again? Any, part, any wine in the barrel is the same as opposed to any Apparently. Why so? I'm saying, was any wine in there, all the wine in the barrel is the same. So the split is not... And the limbs of the animal? Different. Are different. But speaking, looking back into... Oh, interesting. All right, the Gemara is going to do it a little bit different. I'll tell you how the Gemara from now already does it. The Gemara, but maybe it's speaking, no, it's not speaking the same thing. The Gemara is going to say that with regards to wine, I can look at easily each particle, each piece of the wine as independence, not dependent upon the other parts. I split it in half, you took that half, I took that. Entering into the holiday alternatively with the animal, each one of those limbs, technically speaking, when the animal was alive, were dependent upon one another for livelihood. Meaning, I can't retroactively, with regards to the animal, look back in time and say, that was mine and that was yours because it was already separated. If it was already separated, it wouldn't be living, which it was entering into the day. There's a technical aspect of saying that the limbs are dependent one upon the other. It's an entire organism. And as a result, we can't do berera, Rav suggests. Um, uh, Jeff, the reason you can't per se, I mean, you could suggest your way, but it's more, it's more clever your way. Your way is that, to say that a retroactive vision is harder to do if I can't easily say that was yours or that was mine. But ultimately speaking over here, maybe I would be able to do that. Maybe I could do that. Nonetheless, Rav argues not so. Ushmuel Amar Havit Name Asura. Now, Shemuel's opinion is much easier to understand because he just says, En Berera. No problem. Shemuel says, I don't have this business, this retroactive vision, no such thing. And as a result, both the havit of wine, as well as the behemoth, which is slaughtered, are forbidden, not forbidden to eat from, forbidden to carry, to move, to the extent that it's outside of your domain, and my, you know, though it has to be in the shared domain. Says the Gemara, just finishing this thought, my kasavar rav, what's the opinion of rav? We already articulated this. One more time. Rav distinguished, he said, with regards to the barrel of wine, right, with regards to the barrel of wine, you could carry it in the direction that you're allowed to go, I can in my direction, once we separate on the holiday. With regards to the animal, no, it's stuck. We need to take into consideration the reality of the other person. Tishtere means should be permitted. Share. If he says that there's berera, remember the word berera means we have this retroactive vision that that was my portion, that was your portion. So the animal should be entirely permitted as well. Why would distinguish it? Vi'i kasavar en berera. If alternatively he maintains like Shimuel that en berera, afil havit nameh asura, then why with regards to the wine am I allowed to go in my direction? 
Uh, I should have to take into consideration your directions. Answers the Gemara, Le'olam Kasavar Yesh Berera. Indeed, Rav's opinion is Yesh Berera. We do have the ability, Alpi Halakha, to retroactively envision this as if it was already separated. Vishanya Behema, Shanya Milashon Shone. It's different. An animal is different. Dikayanke Tehumin Mehadade. Linok. Yinika is what we generally associate with a child from the mother. It's the words of Moshe in the Torah and Parashat. What is it? Baha'alotecha. To be yonek means to nurse, to be nourished by. And as a result, the words are that the limbs of the animal are nourished one from the other. And therefore, looking back, again, our whole objective is entering into the holiday. Ben Hashem Ashot. At the moment where the holiday is beginning. Whose animal is this? It's both of our animal. Both of your animal, you can't move it at all. No, no, no. But afterwards, we separated. It so it means this was mine and that was yours. You can't do that. It was a living animal. Living animal, if you separated it, well, then it's not living any longer and it was living. So you get yourself stuck in that contradictory state of being, says Rav, for that reason, you can't enjoy the animal in whatever direction is appropriate for you on the holiday. Tosafot has a, a small issue. Killed the animal before the holiday, no issue. And you still didn't split it? Yes, perfect. If you killed the animal before the holiday and you didn't split it, it's like the wine, and as a result, each of us can go in our merry ways based on our determinants. Exactly. And that's, by the way, that's the nafkamina between your interpretation and, and the interpretation of, it's more lenient, this interpretation of the Gemara. Uh, the Tosafot takes, uh, takes notice of the fact that Shimuel explicitly in our Gemara says, en berera, right? That's his opinion. He says both the Havit and the Behema are Asurim, which means say we're bound by the other person because we can't retroactively envision it as if it was separated entering into the holiday. Tosafot says, but if you look elsewhere, Masechet Gitin and here's the circumstance uh, and situation and, and listen to what Shimuel says over there. The Gemara and Masechet uh, Gitin over there is dealing with the following situation. A man, Lo Aleno is Shechiv Mera. Shechiv Mera means he's lying on his deathbed. Imminent death. That's, he has a halachic status called Shechiv Mera. He's married to a woman and they didn't have any children. Hazita, he's nervous. She doesn't want to do yibum. She doesn't want leverage or marriage a situation with his, with his brother. He doesn't know what the circumstance is going to be. Even Halitza, keep her out of that. So he'd rather divorce her and then save her from having to have that hassle, whatever it entails. But at the same time, maybe miraculously he'll be nourished back to life. Maybe they'll find the cure for his uh, illness. Maybe it's just a mistake the doctors are making. It's true he's on his deathbed, but maybe something will change. So he doesn't want to give a divorce document in case he lives. But on the other hand, it might be too late to give the divorce document. She'll fall to you. Boom. What can and should he do, says Shimuel. Shimuel says he can give the, the, the get, the uh, divorce uh, uh, document, on a certain, take a look on a certain condition. Tosafot, the top right-hand corner, says... Uh, he does not have the concept of berera. Vetema. Vetema means it's difficult. It's a wonder. That's the name of the chapter in Masechet Kitin. There was a takana of Shemuel. Anytime you have a get, a divorce document of a person on his deathbed, it goes like this. If he dies, you get. It counts as a divorce document. Vim lo yamut lo yeheget. If he doesn't die, it won't count as a divorce document. Ulechimayit, and when he dies, habegita, it counts as a get. One second, the guy is dead. It's a stressful situation. 
I hear you, Ila, but the question is the mechanism. I, no, not me, this guy in his lifetime handed the divorce document. In the moment, it's nothing. It's not null and void, it's just nothing. If he dies, use the words with me, retroactively, it counted as a divorce. If he doesn't die, so then it wasn't a divorce. But you heard the words, it retroactively counted as a divorce. Who said those words? Shimuel. Shimuel and Ari Gimara says, I don't do that retroactive business. He doesn't have Berera. That's the question of Tosafot. It's a blatant contradiction in the methodology and the opinions of Shimuel. On the one hand, in Ari Gimara, he says the animal and the barrel are both prohibited and Berera. On the other hand, over there, he says the divorce document can retroactively be kosher if he dies, but he's dead. Retroactively, he gave it in time. From yes, Jack. From the time he signed it and handed it off. Retroactive. He's on his deathbed, he signs it, he gives, hands it to her, and nothing happens in that moment. That's how Shimuel. What's that? Shimuel made a takana that any time a person gives that document on their deathbed, the mindset is, and the other said, just for the circumstance, because we don't want it to go through if the guy comes back to life. But it's, it's a blatant contradiction. It's like a hedge. He's hedging. Protect the widow. Okay, I have Jeffrey. We want to protect the widow 100%. We're gonna, it's okay not to be consistent when you protect the widow. But we're going to defy law? Uh, interesting. Okay. Okay. You can always remarry. What's that? It's not running anywhere. It's messy. It's messy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Even better. Even better. No, he's not. A brother. So that's what several people are suggesting. Maybe it is, and we find this, that the hachamim, in other words, maybe Shimuel, that's the suggestion someone making. Shimuel, he understands Berera. He generally is mahmir. When it comes to helping the woman, he's mekir. Tosafot gives a difference. That's a fascinating, I, I hear you. And it's, it's a sound sivara to a certain extent. Tosafot instead distinguishes, listen for a moment to, the, to their logic, they distinguish between who's the action that follows who, whose hand is that action in the reality? Now, in the death, it's outside of the hands of the person. Uh, he, he doesn't have any control over whether he dies or not. Over there, Shimuel says there's retroactive activity. Pause for a second. Our case in our Gemara is dependent upon me and, and my partner. We divide it. I chose this. You chose that. Over there, says Shimuel, in Berera, there's no retroactive. One second. Well, shouldn't it be the opposite? If it's in my hands, I can do something. Suggest Tosafot, between the lines, this is what they're saying. When I hand this, or when I deal with this, entering into the holiday, or handing it to the woman, what's in my mind? Now, in a case where it's out of my hands, what takes place afterwards, I handed it to her full-mindedly, this is yours. And whatever happens in the future happens, that means that my mind is out of this. It was complete in this moment, handing it to her. If I then will pass away later on, it means retroactively that was in place because I took my mind off of this. Alternatively, in our Gemara, entering into the holiday, I'm holding onto the barrel, the barrel's there in the middle, my mind isn't disassociated. I'm still waiting for the division. I'm still connected to this somewhat. What's that? 
You don't need to give it back. It was null and void. It was null and void. So that's the suggestion. Shemuel holds that you have berera when you're dependent upon others. God over here, as it were, right? In terms of your life. Over there, you gave it wholeheartedly. We call it gemardat. Like kihacha in our gemara. When it's in your hand still, you haven't entirely set your mind to it. Baruch Adonai Amen ve